if we think of the family as a business and we have board meetings, do quarterly meetings, do vision boards, like anything that an entrepreneur already does, you do it from a family scale and make it fun and you're teaching them the basics of having a business. Welcome to the Chai Chat Podcast, solutions for empowered living, engaging, educating, empowering. Each week, your host, Tarun Puri, author of Finding the Guru Within, and Steve Harvey, mindset mentor to A-list celebrities and stars, bring a combined expertise of over six decades in mentoring, coaching, and inspiring positive solutions to the negatives which keep us stuck and unhappy. With a focus on solutions versus problems, in each episode, they discuss topics relevant to the human condition, which challenge us from moving forward into positive growth and ultimate freedom. Through stream-of-consciousness unscripted dialogue and inquiry, they provide practical, deep, and actionable insights to support you in creating and living a happy, successful, fulfilled life. Join us each week and learn how to access your own inner GPS, your guru positioning system, which comes preset with all the solutions you need for empowered living. Living a life of ease versus effort is only a thought away. Let us show you what works and what doesn't. Hello, and welcome to Chai Chat, the podcast. I am Tarun Puri. And I'm Steve Harvey. And today, Steve, we have something very unique uh, uh, for um, our topic and our guests. Uh, our, our episode today is called Empowering Mompreneurs, Benefits of Being a Mom and an Entrepreneur. What do you think of that? Well, that's a tough dog, a job. Whoever can do that successfully deserves a medal. A hundred percent. When I heard the word mompreneur, I said, no question. We are going to invite our guest, Sylvia Tam, who is a mompreneur of three, get this, kidpreneurs, and the founder of the gut-friendly food company, Beviva Foods. Uh, she's passionate about helping families live with energy and flow by fueling their gut, head, and heart. Sylvia promotes the power behind uh, trusting a healthy gut, building healthy habits, and connecting with your purpose and intuition. She does this through community building, a podcast, and a collection of purple sweet potato products mm, to yummy. make it easy for busy people to snack on the hop. Notice I had to say that very carefully. Uh, Biviva, also get this, this is so cool. Biviva stands for the names Benjamin, uh, which represents her 15-year-old son, soon to be 16. And you'll know why I'm saying that when we get a chance to speak to him in another podcast. Viani, who is the youngest, uh, her daughter's 13. And Vanessa, her eldest, her another daughter who's 17. So she has taken the Biviva and created a beautiful uh, brand. And they also help her with the business in addition to, of course, having their own um, entrepreneurial ventures. Viviva's travel-friendly purple line was inspired now by Sylvia's personal journey with IBD, its inflammatory bowel disease, and, and her family traditions in Chinese medicine that has allowed her to avoid having to do you know, um, uh, med medication. So in learning to juggle all the demands of life, children, and IBD, 
Sylvia lives by four B's of success. Body, being, balance, and business. And these guide her family into living an entrepreneurial lifestyle. She's a dedicated advocate for youth volunteering. She's a youth coach and is leading the way in supporting parents to raise kidpreneurs. Sylvia lets her favorite quote by Vivian Green help her through life's ups and downs. Life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning to dance in the rain. I love it. I, I love it. Beautiful. And to her, IBD doesn't simply stand for inflammatory bowel disease. I love this. It means incredibly brave and determined. What a beautiful mantra. Yeah. She has so many links and so many places to find her. But you know what? Let's not worry about that right now because I, I just can't wait any longer. So let's bring Sylvia up in from the green room because I can hardly wait uh, to hear uh, how she does it all. So Sylvia, hello and welcome to Chai Chat. Thank you so much, Tyrone and Steve, for having me. Hi, hi Sylvia. Welcome. So, uh, you know, again, I always, people always say, where do we start? Well, and I always think, well, dumb, dumb at the beginning, right? I mean, <laughs> isn't that what start means? But with you, there's so many facets I've found as I'm learning about you and what you've done. But how about if, since we have a new phrase in the English language, mompreneur, um, I would like to get to know you as a mom, because I believe you're a mom first, which then morphed into being a mompreneur. And I think for our friends out there, it would be really valuable to get a sense for you as a mom, your role as a mom. How, how do you feel? How do you see the, the, the role of a mom? And um, is it something you like, don't like, enjoy? Just give us a sense for a little bit of your journey here, um, Sylvia. Absolutely, because actually being a mom has been, I think, something ingrained in me since I was a kid. I actually did a lot of um, tutoring and assistant teaching with children since I was 16. I was always somehow either a babysitter, tutor. So I was always surrounded by, by kids. And that might have molded me to look forward to being a mom. And so when I started, um, you know, in my mid-20s, starting to raise my daughter, before actually becoming a mom-mom, I actually already started taking classes and learning about parenting. And one person that really gave a lot of influence on how I think about parenting is someone who actually is a, um, a social worker, but she all talks about game therapy and how she is able to take all the, the children that usually parents have trouble with. She lives with them and she's able to turn them around. And so I took a lot of bits and pieces from that, realizing that, you know, you don't actually have to, you know, um, have these strict um, guidelines or you don't have to, per se, think of being a parent as I, I told you to do this. Like, it's not like that. It's a game. It's all about this respect for each other. And so if you're able to build that at a very young age and, and then they see that as a game too, then any problem can be solved very um, stress-free. You know, of course, there's lots of ups and downs throughout it, but using some certain tools. And one thing I, 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 I'm glad that I used since the very beginning was the fact that I never raised my voice 
first of all, my voice is not very loud, so it doesn't really work, right? Um, I say that for my husband, actually. <laughs> I love it. And so I have a softer voice, so I can't really raise my voice. But when I have to raise it, it better be worth it. And so I don't raise my voice often, except for these three lines, which are the three R's. And I know they're not the recycling R's, <laughs> but they are. The first is respect. The second is responsibility. And the third is real. Respect, responsible, and real. And those are the three values I highly prioritize in my family is when they cross that line, it's when I know I need to do something different. I know I need to put something more in some consequence so that they will always remember. And the consequence has to be related to the problem that it was. So it can't be, I'm going to take away your iPad because after a while, that doesn't work. You know, we need to make sure that the the consequence relates to what they did. So if they did something that wasn't right or they did make them run around the house, you know, 50 times if it had to do with something outside, you know, make it relatable. So that's another R. The consequence has to be relatable. And it seems to have worked because a few times I've actually had them write 100 times. I will be responsible. I've never had to do it again or that, you know, they were disrespectful. I took something away that they very highly valued for a week and I never had to do it again. So I kept those actually whenever those things kind of happen and I always kind of remind them when necessary. But I feel like those were the basic stepping stones in then me gaining their respect in return. And now they're all teens. Oh, oh. Um, they're all teenagers now. When I was reading out, I went 13, 15, 17. Oh, my gosh, Sylvia. How are you even, you know, sitting and smiling? So tell us about that. Yeah. So actually, it's really funny because I've always had this curiosity to think, okay, people always say that the teen years are going to be really roller coaster ride. And you got to watch out for that. You got to be prepared. It's not all smooth. It's not all easy. To be honest, the teenage years have been the best parenting years of my life uh, when they were little it was exhausting because you were always having you know to run around with them and, and chase them and try to get them to sit still all that kind of stuff now they're teens and actually ever since they were about 10 years and above it has been fun because they actually just require mom to talk to listen to understand you know to do things that are um, different because they want to try new things it's a lot more mental versus physical and it's allowed me to really get to know them more because now they're they're discovering this world around them and they're trying to relate themselves to how can i make myself a value and how can i meet the right people around me and this is why i actually became an entrepreneur is because i told myself that when i when they hit those ages I'm really going to need to spend more time with them because I can't be traveling and gone again and then miss out on those opportunities where they will actually need a mom or a dad to really understand them and talk them through their thoughts. So that's been really amazing to like support parents and say, hey, teenage years are actually amazing. I think it has to do not just with me. A lot of parents are appreciating it because there's so much mentoring out there. And there's so much tutorials. And uh, to be honest, technology 
can be can be not good, but it actually can also be very beneficial because we're able to text our kids and keep in touch with kids and and have ways that we can, you know, see each other. They see mom and then mom, I got to show you something. And they immediately turn on their phone and FaceTime me and they don't have to miss out on on skipping those kind of shares. So it does create a little bond, a closer bond to our kids if we can make use of technology wisely. I love that your three kids have been learning lifelong success strategies, you know, and that you've instilled in them uh, a belief in, in that just how capable they truly are, which then obviously relates to, uh, results in them growing in confidence each and every day. Um, because I think that's the foundation of any of these kids going out on their own and trying to create their own little business. Um, they have to come from that solid foundation and belief in themselves and having that confidence in themselves, along with that support that you know you and your husband have have given them and continue to give them each and every day. I think, and, and I appreciate that, but it didn't always, it wasn't always like that. You know, it was, it was sometimes you, you think, oh, well, I'm not good at this. Um, and you're better at this. And, and, and we, we, we had to really align everyone to think that you can only be really good at one thing and not good at something. You know, you can be very detailed and oriented, but you're not very good with keeping track of time. You can only do one or the other. It's really tricky to always be right in the middle. And so we have really, my husband and I, Felix, we've really tried to take the best out of each and then put us together as a whole. So I always have this quote, to, um, uh, we may not have everything together, but together we have it all is because we each have something that the other person doesn't have. So now um, my son is very quick at doing things, but I might have to go in and double check his grammar. So he doesn't okay. have to worry about it, right? Okay. Um, I am very, I am, um, I, I wanna do a lot of things, but I can't get them all done. So my youngest daughter is really good with checklists. So she's really good with reminding me to like, you know, mom, there's a birthday party. We got to do this, this, this. And it's like, we have five days. You know, she's good at that. You know, my, wow. my oldest, my oldest oh. daughter. Right. So we have to all like have to realize that we make use. We use each other's strengths. So versus really teamwork. Trying, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. we're lucky to have five people, right? I mean, yeah. if it's three or if it's two, you, you still have to work that way. But we're lucky to have five. So we're able to get through, like mom always has ideas to solve problems, but you know, and, um, dad's really good at getting things done and just boom, 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 he gets it done. So we have that in each other versus trying to, you know, always say, oh, I wish you were more this, I wish you were more that. It starts from just focusing on the strengths. And I think the schools, right? Like schools sometimes tell you, well, you're not good enough in math. So you, you gotta focus on your math. Well, that person might not really be the math person, you mm -hmm. know? So I think that kind of a mentality, you know, thinking that you have to be good at everything is something that is is changing in terms of parenting. So that way we don't put that stress on them because a lot of times children put stress on themselves and we just don't know it. And until we give them that safe space to open up, and share, um, you know, not to be so concerned about a test. I need to always tell my daughter, relax, it's okay. You don't have to get perfect. You know, who are you doing this for, right? You don't have to get perfect. 
is is something that you know and or you're really good at a sport so that's why you're not going to be able to able to do this and, and it's a balancing act and it's okay and it's 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 just part of as my son likes to say you're only in the first inning of your life you've got a long way to go so there's no rush to try to complete everything on your checklist at once wow that is that that, that positive mindset and choosing to you know, we always say that which you focus upon grows, wherever you put your attention and intention. And what you've just said is that by choosing to focus on their strengths and not going into fear and that not enough energy, instead you've helped them grow their strengths and then have them to be part of a community, which is a family unit coming to unity. They've been able to be validated in those strengths, right? And then Absolutely. you learn, and then you learn from each other. Yeah, if some parts rub off over a while, you go, "Oh yeah, maybe I need a checklist here." You know, like you start to think that way, and this is how we also grow through and from each other. And to be honest, too, I'm a little bit selfish there because I find that by, by defining their skills, you can amplify it, and they can help you. <laughs> So sometimes you don't have to do everything, right? Like you can only do so much. So when I say, "Oh, I need to close. I need to do this. Redo this closet. I need to organize this pantry." Oh my goodness, Vanessa, you're so good at that. You gotta come help me. She's oh. like, "I'm all in." She's like, "I love doing. I love organizing." She's like, "Why did you do it without me?" She actually says that now. Like when I don't do it without with her, she will actually say, "Mom, how could you?" So, so it, it actually does in the long run. Um, initially, take some time because you sure. have to actually be patient to get them to build that confidence and take maybe double the amount of time to yes. allow them to help. But when they discover that they can do a good job and they're very, very capable and valued, then in the long run, it is just a super, so, super help. So patience is a key, like Absolutely. patience, right? That's, that's just, just wonderful. Yeah, so and can, yeah. Yeah, and also and, focusing on the strengths. You know, so many right. parents focus on their so-called weaknesses, which mm -hmm. again, as we were saying earlier, what you focus on grows, you know? Yeah. And so I love that you're, you're um, focusing on the strengths even though you've been a wee bit sneaky <laughs> to help it's you so out, but still. Yeah. yeah. No, we, we don't, the word for that is strategic. Okay. Ah, yeah. 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 You know, uh, I mean, we have to, we're, we're business people. So yeah, we, have the, we have the proper words, not sneaky or manipulative <laughs> or, or fooled ya. No, strategic and logistical, I right? True. See? I know, and, yeah. So, <laughs> and really, what's also interesting too is that it may not work at this moment. Like, if you're at a moment right now and something's not going right, like they're not making their bed or something, sometimes the timing is really key. Not oh. to just take that moment because you're you're inside. You're a little bit like hot headed at that moment, right? How do you? How do you? And you know that you say something that they already expect you to say mm. is not going to work. You got to say what they don't expect or react in the way they don't, they don't expect. It's like watching a movie. You don't expect the ending to be like that. It makes the movie so good. Yeah. And so if you know he's thinking you're going to yell at them for not making their bed, then don't yell at them. Hold back and then take the right time to come back and say, oh, by the way, you know, at that point, you've cooled down and you had time to think of a more creative way to make that habit build. Um, I think that each child has a different stage in their life. And so it could be that they're in this moment where they're dealing with something and that habit just can't come in right now. 
So don't force it. Just let it sink in. Let your body cool. So you have time to digest what else is happening and not make that some tension that's not necessary because it's a good thing. Why turn a good thing into tension when you can just hold off and come back to it? So that's what Steve would say. You didn't make, you didn't create a story around it, right? You, you chose to actually stay present with what was going on inside of you here. Steve, you can jump in there because it's- Yeah, yeah again, you know, you know, we look at them and we think, you know, the bed's a mess and we believe that it should be made and, and should, the room should be neat and tidy. But then when we do our own work around that story and ask, is it true? We discover it's not, you know, and when should they make the, the bed and keep the room tidy? Only when they do, <laughs> you know, that's it. And when you can, you can accept that, then you're more uh, stress-free yourself. And right. chances are, you know, anytime we're being told you need to, you have to do something, we, we always get resentful for that, you know, so, and, and that's yeah. where the war zone starts. But really, it, the real war zone starts when we believe our story that they should be different than what they are. And what works for that bed situation is you start going to places with them or you start reading magazines and showing, and then they start looking at all these rooms. They're like, look how gorgeous this room is. Like beautiful, you know, and they start getting this feeling of, oh, that does look really nice. I'm like, you know, did you notice that the bed's always made? Like that's the first thing you see in the room. Then you don't have to say anything. And all of a sudden the bed starts getting made because I they have this. They have this goal now. I want to be in that kind of space. So, but you wouldn't be able to think of that unless you were able to step back and really think about other ways to talk about the same thing that actually don't actually have to tell them straightforward. Oh, that's great. Now let's look at that other theme that ran through your life, which was not, well, we won't say positive or negative because there's a gift in every situation, as we say, but the IBS, how long and you know, when did you, when did that start? And talk a little bit about that. Well, if anyone listening is, is relatable to digestive issues, stuff like that, it's funny. You really have to listen to your gut because I believe when I was young, I already had symptoms, but mm -hmm. it wasn't diagnosed at that time. And so it wasn't until 2011, it's been about 11, 10 years at least now. And um, when I got diagnosed through a colonoscopy, they would immediately give me a box of medicine, like, you know, samples, start eating this. And I know my family have had people that also have IBD. So I know they take medicine for a long time. Uh, some people have to go to surgery and it's quite an impact on life. But because I've always used, my parents have always instilled the Chinese medicine approach in my life since I was a kid. Um, I always resort to listening to my herbalist to give me advice. And I also did lots of research online and it took uh, about maybe, uh, maybe eight months or so to really understand how to take care of myself. Perhaps my condition was mild when we detected it. That could have helped. But I've really focused on making sure I know what to prepare, what to eat. So never skipping a meal and going hungry and never eating too full. Those are two big, big, big things that still are very important to me. Um, in the beginning, I had to cut out some foods. You know, I couldn't eat uh, certain vegetables that were more um, like cruciferous vegetables. Um, I couldn't eat uh, acidic fruits. 
uh, I couldn't eat salads and, um, you know, I ate lots of um, avocados and warm foods and um, av- uh, sweet potatoes and things like that. So it was like a big adjustment because I was basically cooking for, you know, half the family was one way. And then I had to always make sure I had something I could eat. Like they would have pasta night. I wouldn't have pasta night. I'd have to make something else for myself. So the adjustment wasn't too bad. Um, it's uh, except when I traveled and whenever I traveled, it always bothered me because I couldn't find food that I, w- I could eat on the plane or at the airport. And that was the worst. And I was traveling quite a bit for my job at the time because of shows and presentations. And so that's where it always bothered me. And I'd get to the hotel and I'd be in so much discomfort and I'd have to stand at a show and that would make it even worse. And so that was the trickier part of the journey. Um, But you're right. It does affect the whole family because whenever we eat, we have to double plan or when we go out to eat, the kids are like, mom, you can eat this and this and this. And so it's always trying to dissect the menu to like, okay, now order a little bit of this and a little bit of this. And, you know, it gets and and always bringing snacks has been also um, tricky because you're thinking of your kids first. But my my mantra is always to think about yourself first, put the mask on yourself first and just have Mm -hmm. a bag of um, snacks, healthy snacks with you or have them easily accessible at eye level in the fridge for you. So you can just grab and go without having to uh, give up on your own digestion or your own energy levels as well. So that's been a big, big uh, part of my life ever since discovering it. And I think that that research and the wisdom you've gained about the, the importance, the importance of nutrition, that's probably spilled over into the importance of nutrition as an entrepreneur and and also the children have now had an awareness of the importance of nutrition the do's and don'ts of what to eat what not to eat um and so you know again as through me saying before you know every event has got a benefit and a drawback it's not positive or negative it's got both and so being able to take that uh, and not only for your own health and well-being but also for the families because that awareness has now increased. But what I've also, as you said, it's a really good point. If it wasn't for me having this, I wouldn't dig deep into the importance of gut health. And I wouldn't have learned a way to help promote the importance because, you know, I've been speaking to, I have uh, several people that are in this wellness space. And, you know, the fact that 75% of the diseases out there are related to our gut like that means we can actually prevent a lot of diseases onto ourselves. And, but how do we get people to think years afar when they're more concerned about the present? And that's a tricky thing. So we need to help them understand that not only are you taking care of your future self, but you're also taking care of your current self because I think it's 90% of happiness is determined by your gut. Hmm. So like the, the serotonin, the dopamine, all of those make, makes you happy, makes you feel satisfied. All those feelings come from your, your digestion, from your gut. And so there is a benefit to eating well because now you're going to feel energetic. You're not going to have moments where you're tired or you're going to be able to focus better on what you're working on. And so now we give kids and adults, of course, a reason to not only the short-term focus on your gut health because you'll feel good right now and you'll be able to do what you love longer but now you have 
thinking, oh, I love what I do. I want to make sure that I keep it this way. So I want in the future not to have diseases and not to deal with all the other problems that I can start working on now. But it is a process, right? Because we're all but people of habits. And so it's one step at a time. If it's one habit you work on, that then let that be that one habit. But it, it, I think it's really important to help that trust your gut, that there is truth behind that, that if you're in a good wellness state, you are able to trust your gut. And that trust becomes intuition. It becomes knowing <laughs> that something is what you want, that is what you want. You're not undecisive. Knowing whether or not to do it or not to do it, you make the right choice because you trust your gut. And they're very well connected. So yes, you're right. Absolutely. The gut health has helped my kids because they know how to monitor their daily feeling. And if they're not doing well, they know to adjust their diet. They know that, oh, I am either not drinking enough water or you know what? I need to eat less of these types of foods or more of these types of foods. And we purely focus on that and sleep all of those things versus trying to call to make a doctor's appointment. I don't know when the last time I've made an appointment to the doctor. If I do go, it's just a double check to see if my thought is right. And so we never go for um, medicine. I never ask for medicine. Um, it's because the truth is it's, Let it's food be not, your medicine. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It's the medicine treats the symptoms. It doesn't treat the cause. So, yeah, the Western, I find the Western system has been very good with diagnostics. They have, they have the machinery and they have the 3D capabilities. And so my doctor and I always had a deal. I said, we're going to get along great when I first met him, but here's the deal. And he looked at me and I said, look, I love your diagnostics and we all work together. There's times I need your help. Of course, if it's something like a broken arm or something that is, you know, there's an appropriate time for the doctor. But I said, for most of the time, doc, uh, I may need some diagnostics, like you said, to validate, to see I have a sense this is happening in my body. And I would um, I'd say to him, um, you know, I, I don't mind tests being run and getting your opinion. Uh, but as long as you don't tell me what to put in my body, we'll get along great. <laughs> and we had a great relationship. I listened and I took things under consideration. But when you know it, when you get to know your body, you just know at what time what is appropriate. And I think if you've been able to show your children that in their teens, what a foundation. I mean, they can go out into the world and take on so much because they have a foundation there. Mm -hmm. yes. And it is, it is tricky because marketing good consumer products out there is not easy to uh, uh, stay away from their marketing attraction and artificial flavors get you addicted to it. Um, but I think at least it's a huge step if they are aware when they are, they do realize what they're eating that's good or not good and that they need to step back at times and make sure that they're not too, you know, deep into bad habits or unhealthy food choices. So, you know, as much as they would make choices that way, they know that it's time to you know, come back and, 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 and not do that anymore. And I think also um, nurturing the cooking helps a lot because a lot mm. of um, us moms have to prepare meals, dads too. And sometimes when they get a certain age, even when they're young, letting them make their own meals, even if it's really, really simple, really helps them design how they want to be eating in life. 
So if it's realizing that they like something, then come up with so many different recipes with that just one ingredient. Like if they love, you know, avocados, let's say, let's use so many different methods. In fact, I would even as an entrepreneur, even think about creating a recipe book with the child mm -hmm. immediately and say, here, look at all the pictures of the, the products that we make together and showcasing her as an expert in making avocado recipes like that wow. on its own is an entrepreneurial idea that you never know where that will go. And they will be very proud to share that with people. And so my daughter loves making food, smoothie bowls. And, you know, she's been baking lately and she's videotaping and making videos and, you know, starting to do that for my business. And like, I never knew she was a great videographer, but, and she's baking. So let's put them together and create something with it. So I think really yeah. making them get them in the kitchen. That's all I can say. Get them in the kitchen early, the sooner the better. And um, it's going to be much more fun and less stressful to prepare meals. So every crisis has a blessing, right? And out of your own health crisis, uh, it's now turned into a, a, a blessing in the form of a, a business for you. Can you talk a little bit about how, where you got that idea from and how you went about creating that? Well, it's actually funny that you say that. You're right. If it wasn't for having this IBD condition, I don't know. It might still happen, but I might not have gone into the business I am in because I was working for a long, long time. I've always worked since I was like 16 and never really had a time to slow down. It wasn't until I decided that it was time to do something different because I needed to be more with the kids that I slowed down and other health conditions appeared that required me to be in bed for a period of time. And that moment where I actually had nothing on my list, I started to go online and realize how many people had IBD in America and that there were so many conditions that weren't as favorable as how I was living it. I didn't even do this research over the years. I never even knew there was an, a foundation for IBD. So that's a reminder that, you know, you, you sometimes live so fast and quickly that you don't slow down, you, you lose out on some stuff. And so when I discovered that, and because I had previously been in food, I wanted to help people solve the problem that I had, which was traveling with IBD or with any sensitivities, because that was my biggest struggle. And that's how I created a product with ingredients that were functional, that were not just food to keep you full, but food that actually helped your body become stronger, fight inflammation, you know, give you more fiber so you have a better um, uh, regularity, all those. So it's what we call functional foods. And I put it in a little cup and I call that cup purple because it's made with purple sweet potatoes. And because purple sweet potatoes, uh, let me just say purple is my favorite color in all different aspects. Purple sweet potatoes are high in anthocyanins, which are really good for our digestion system because it helps fight off cancer cells, inflammation, as well as so many vitamins, minerals, like for our eyes, for our blood sugar, all that. You can please look it up. Look up the purple sweet potatoes. Purple is also the color of IBD. So whenever I think it's May that comes up, it's IBD Awareness Month. It's a purple ribbon. And I didn't know that. I had no idea when I started this. Purple is also the highest level of vibration, correct? Yes. It's a high level of vibration in terms of Very your mindset. High. Absolutely. I mean, purple, 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 it's just defined me as to 
wow, I just think I discovered something that I never knew were actually the same thing. So now my spirit animal is the purple kangaroo. The purple kangaroo, because of its color, because it hops around, it's so busy running around with its, you know, joeys everywhere. But the kangaroo has a pouch to keep all the snacks to maintain her own health. And so I've surrounded all of these aspects that have helped me develop the Baviva brand to be uh, helping busy families find energy and flow throughout their day by fueling their head brain, their heart brain, but most importantly, is starting from their gut brain. And it really it makes sure that their gut is focused on so that they have that energy for their mind. And then they are able to flow back to their heart so that they can do things like volunteering, like do things, uh, going for a nature walk. Those are things that you have to be really slowed down and calm and be able to listen to your heart and Volunteering has been a huge part of my life. I am a coordinator for a teen volunteer group. I run a Facebook Kids Volunteer Opportunities Facebook group. I just love volunteering <laughs> so much. And it's so much fun. And, and when you ingrain that as part of life with the kids, you actually have a lot more to do. And it pushes you to get out there and connect with the community. And so and it's I an love indirect... The, yeah. I love the name of your company, Be Viva, you know, because when you when you look at what is the meaning of Viva, it's long life, yes. you know, and it's be long life, you know, yes. I think, and it just so happens to be the name of your kids, you know, I don't so think that's happens. a mistake. <laughs> I think it's something that called, it was a calling for sure. And also yeah. purple sweet potatoes are known as the longevity superfood. And so that also connected perfectly. So I, I, I just, um, I, I'm very blessed to have been aware of these signals that brought it together and has given me a life purpose that is beyond just my family, but to be able to help and just connect and talk and support each other. In my Mompreneurs Raising Kidpreneurs Facebook group, we have a mentoring program too in there so that we can help each other so if one mom is really good at one thing and one mom is looking for something we can match them and, and have them talk to each other and there's a huge need for that because we are spaced out we don't want geographically to have limitations of moms getting to know each other so we want to take advantage of that technology and and help moms connect and really bring out the best in everybody. I think anyone can be on a podcast these days because everyone can share something in their life that is valuable to others. Very much. And this is, again, the positive face of technology, right? And that time and space can be collapsed in a sense. And you can give a hand to someone clear across the ocean. Uh, and uh, all it is is just a light of awareness. Like you just shine a light and say, by the way, have a look right next to you. I'm just going to shine light. Did you know you had all of this available to you, right? right. And, and, and it's just everything begins with awareness. And it looks to me like you did your own self-awareness work, obviously. Uh, like you went into a self-awareness piece. You identified certain dynamics. And then you aligned. You realigned yourself. And by doing that, in the process, you're also able to, to now give and share because you know when we are aligned and healthy and 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 full of life, you know, uh, vivre like in French, it's vive and uh, the the whole word comes viva from that whole thing about being 
alive and vibrant, then it just it just speaks for itself. I mean, it's not even that you have to try to be it because when it starts to become part of you, then it just radiates. Like the sun doesn't try to be warm. It doesn't try to give you light, right? I mean, it's just ease because it's aligned with its own nature. And I loved it when you were saying that, you know, I just love volunteering. So I thought, okay, let me put myself in the shoes of our people listening out there. So she's a full-time mom with three teenagers, if I want to stress that again. <laughs> uh, she's launched this whole line of a very niche kind of product, which probably requires a lot of knowledge, research, and educating, right? It's not just another flavor of chips, because everybody knows. But this, so there's all of that that's involved. And then, of course, to get it from idea to, to, to testing, to package, I mean, you're doing all of that, right? Oh, and yeah. then you're and then you're also volunteering. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that's my time. That's my time to relax. My that's my downtime. <laughs> Just wow. to enjoy life a little bit. Yeah. It, it, you don't think about anything when you're volunteering, you know, when you're out there and you just help, you know, people at the food bank or you're, you know, at an event, just getting foster, getting donations and writing cards for foster kids. And you actually relax. It's actually a form of relaxation that you don't even realize. But there's a way to actually book it in your calendar, right? Because like we love booking our calendar. Everything's in our calendar, right? So if you book it to say there is this we're doing for volunteering, then you don't get out of it so easily. You're kind of, strings are attached, you're committed and you'll do it. And when you're doing it and you're done, it feels great. And and the kids also benefit too, because um, if if anyone here is listening from uh, from the U.S. here, there are lots of awards um, from the from the White White House from the Capitol that give to children for volunteering. So um, my kids already do that. They every year get the um, President's uh, Volunteer Service Award. Every year they get it, and they also get it from the city. Uh, when I asked the city, I said, "Hey, these kids, this is my for my whole group have volunteered this many hours as a group. I think we're at almost two thousand hours with my um, teen girls, and my son's also doing it regularly. So it's if we if we just find ways to do it, it's very um, motivational because we need to get awarded. I mean, it's all about exchange, right? So we, we know the kids volunteer out of their heart, but we also need to tell the kids, not only do you feel good, you get recognized by people around you and you motivate others. So we have to do this in a way for our kids. They know that they're rewarded, but they know they're, you know, they, they know it's good. But they need to, the motivation to be there. And when they do it as a group, as a family, or as a whole group of friends, even better. Because now they have a reason to go out, not just to hang out, but to actually go out and do something big. And and you also mentioned something about how, um, you know, finding the business and, and all the work and all that. May I just have a quick suggestion sure. uh, for the listeners? I actually, during quarantine, had experienced something as an activity. Um, are you? I'm sure you guys know of the Ikigai, right? So the, the, the Japanese yes. philosophy yeah. of determining yeah. the real life, real meaning behind being. Yes. I did that exercise during quarantine and I was actually in tears because uh, during a live workshop, I had a discovery that I didn't know. It was amazing that I had this ikigai which is my purpose i didn't even put it center of my life i've always had it on the side it wasn't until this exercise that i did that i learned that my what i love to do 
what I am paid to do, what the world needs. And this is all around the same thing after I determined the commonality was teaching, was kids. And I did that since I was 16, but I never did that as a full-time impact work. It was always on the side. I ran camps for camp, um, camp invention. I taught music. I did everything, but I never put it as my center. So since discovering my Ikigai, I have tried to evolve Baviva to wrap myself around the community of more parents, more families, to help them specifically because that's what I'm, that's what my main, that's what makes me happiest is seeing parents and kids thrive in everything that they do. And so I highly encourage everyone to look up Ikigai. It's a very simple process, but it actually can go a long way in not only for yourself, but for the kids. You know, they might not be able to answer what can I get paid for, but tell them, what do you want to be paid for? And then they discover this. It's four circles and the middle is that what's common. And so that's helped me to now discover that I have three goals with my Baviva now. My A is ABC. So A is the awareness of the importance of being get smart. B is building good habits, healthy habits. And C is connecting to your purpose or your Ikigai. And that's in Japan, and that's a Japanese philosophy. That's why they're so happy. That's why they live the longest, is because they're able to create community mm. and they're able to eat, you know, more plant-based, they eat well, and they know why they're waking up in the morning. Like, can you imagine just those three basic fundamentals can help us all live longer because we're happier, because we're healthier? That's to me, it's it just comes down to ABC. And that's what I want to continue to learn and grow and how to use business as a tool to promote that lifestyle, which I personally would call an entrepreneurial lifestyle because a kidpreneur doesn't have to be in business at this moment. They could very well be a business owner in their 20s because they developed good entrepreneurial skills when they were young and preparing themselves for that moment when they're going to be ready to just immediately dive in without having to work so hard at the hardest part, which is healthy habits. So Sylvia, I know you're homeschooling your children right now. So in that homeschool curriculum, is there components that include such things as entrepreneurship, you know, click funnels, Facebook advertising, the basics of e-commerce, stuff like that. Are you teaching that to your children or are they teaching you it? <laughs> so just to clarify, I have one. My son is homeschooled. My other two daughters are actually in the um, the, the regular public school system. Okay. And so, but amazing that they all know and know a lot more sometimes than I do because they're always in tune with the, you know, the social online networks. But they do learn the business basics because I often call them for help or I often show them, oh, check out what mom just learned how to do, you know, check out how this tool is very cool and you can make use of it too. There's a lot of apps out there now that can help you. Like if your daughter or son loves to write or has already written amazing pieces, there are apps out there. You can just take that document and just import it into an app and it turns into an ebook. 
And right off the top, you can even offer an ebook um, to other children or other parents. So these are kind of things I think that we learn with the kids together. I don't per se sit down with them. But um, if it's okay that I just you just mentioned something, I do treat the family as a business. So I've always kind of told people that um, the business, yes, it's run by a family, but the family itself is a business because we have members that do different areas of the departments. Um, I am I am more of the R and D, let's say, and you know my son's more in the IT department. My daughter is in the quality control or marketing to recipes, and my other daughter's in online marketing. So, you know, my husband is, never forget my husband, he's in the <laughs> accounting and operations department. So, we actually do have a full on business, right? Like, not just for that, but for day to day traveling, you know, who plans what, who decides what to eat on the, on the trip. So, we, if we think of the family as a business and we have board meetings, do quarterly meetings, do vision boards, like anything that an entrepreneur already does, you do it from a family scale and make it fun. And you're teaching them the basics of having a business, Incredible. Right? having goals. It's brilliant. So it's, it's absolutely brilliant. Wow. How inspiring. It <laughs> it's, a, it's a game. Like you, it's a game. Like you yeah. said, if you can, rather than saying, oh, darn, I've got to work all day. And then we got to pack and organize and have everything ready for the kids. And then we got to get them out of bed. And, and, you know, it's all about how we have to control this whole process and we have to be in charge of it. And we always say that anything that you're in charge of, the universe always uh, generates an equal and opposite charge to neutralize it. So right. hence, that's where you get the, you know, um, pushbacks, right? And, Whereas, and sometimes, yeah. No, oh, sorry, go ahead. Finish first. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, just say, that and, pushback is yeah, key. Yeah, that pushback, right? And yet here you are, you're not even building that charge because you haven't put yourself in charge. Yeah. It's like you can take charge, you can lead, but you don't have to be in charge. And so there's no, so when you make it a collaborative, like you said, a, a team, you know, in business, you have leadership, you have team building, you have a common, okay, we have a common goal for 10 days. We want to go and hang out by the beach in, you know, Mexico or something. Okay. So what is, what are the responsibilities of each person? right, for us to get there together and have a positive time. I think it's it's so simple in a sense, and yet it's so missing. It, it's exactly what you're saying, that not to be in charge, right? That's I love how you said that. And then having that goal, oh, my goodness, we're going to go here. Sometimes in business, we get lucky as a, as a small business because we get to go to places for events. And I, I, I try not to let kids put the emotional thought into before they say no to doing something. I just say, we're going to this, okay? Pack your suitcase, we're going. Like, we don't, we don't even want to give them a chance to think about whether I want to go or not because it's just, we're just going. And and after a while, they get used to it and they don't think about saying no. So then they just go and they just go with the flow because at the end of it, they have fun. You give them like, oh my goodness, now we went to an event. We sold some products at the event. Now here's, you get paid and you get paid and you get paid. Now go shopping, go buy what you need. You, know, you got to give them something to look forward to. And so when we do things like that, they learn. Like when you're at a show and you're selling and you're sampling, they listen to mom and dad sell. And then all of a sudden you turn around and you have a crowd surrounding your kids, each of them doing something different, selling the product. And they sound exactly like you. 
Uh, how wonderful. <laughs> you do train them, but you don't realize when you're training them because they're just watching from the sideline and then they just pick things up. So uh, back to like the kids are so genius. Mm -hmm. They are so genius at younger age. The younger they are, the more genius they are. How quickly can they pick up a language? How quickly can they notice something of you and they start doing it? So I think that's why we don't want to tell them what to do sometimes. We just have to know, like we have eyes behind our heads or ears, you know, four ears. We just have to kind of know what we're doing and then feel that they're looking, feel that they're noticing. And then they just become what you want them to be. I've obviously could work the other way around. Don't do what you don't want them to do <laughs> because they're also noticing that too. Yes. Yeah. Do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, right. that, that's it. And so here you are, you're truly the embodiment of the mompreneur. So this is not just a marketing ploy to come up with a catchy name. You know, this is actually truly what I've heard today in this very brief chat that we've had and i know there's so many more nuances that i'd love to get into perhaps in another um, chat is that you can be a mom you can be an entrepreneur you can make your current circumstances work for you as a springboard rather than framing it as a, a negative right and and in the process i loved what you said earlier that uh, take care of yourself first because you've recognized that if you do not put the mask on first, you're not particularly good to anybody as in the short or long term. And yet how many of us are such martyrs and how much as, of us are so comfortable in all the time giving and not receiving even our own self-care and we become our own best enemies, right? Because we sabotage our own, uh, you, you work so hard. So many people work so hard for success, which great, you want something, go for it. But not all of them, actually statistically not as many as I'd like to see ever get to enjoy the fruits of their labor. Because Absolutely. by that time, their physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, you know, how many executives have I said, it's great, I'm glad you're going to make it big and get all there. Too bad you won't have anybody to share it with. Your your spouse mm -hmm. is not going to be around. They're not, you know, or your kids won't uh, know you. I said, aren't those things important, right? And 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 then your own body may abandon you and say, I'm not going to. So that, that awareness piece, it feels to me that your family has modeled, really modeled this. I can see a, a, a definitely a Netflix documentary on <laughs> Right. Is <laughs> listening? No. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I, I just think that we we see all this other stuff out there about the negatives or the hoarders or you know all that's not working in society. I'd like to see a program where, and I'm sure it's not all like you said. It it takes work. It's a process. It's not that you're saying it's always all perfect, but just the philosophy and the thinking. And I love your models, your three R's, and that you brought forth and that help you to guide. Yeah, it, it, we have to learn from what we learn from kindergarten. We have to go back to the basics where business needs to be simple and easy to understand, even for kids, because at the end of the day, a business is to help solve a problem. And in return, you get something back because nobody can go on forever at just helping, helping, helping. It is an exchange in order for this 
world to survive. And so if we can exchange through a name called business, through people called entrepreneurs, and not limit that by age, and start young, where they know that even whatever they're doing in school, however they're doing in school, it doesn't affect how they are as a person. It doesn't affect knowing that they are different from everybody else, and that you don't have to be like anybody else. So being a mompreneur really means living your journey the way you want to live, being very aware, building your business, building your family, but making sure you're always connected to your purpose, whether you put it on your wall, you find a quote, you find a painting that reminds you every day, take care of yourself, start it every single day with yourself first. And it takes practice, but it's, it were, it's worth it. Well, if you build your community to work with you together, it's going to go a long way to a happy, happy, happy life. Well, what more is there to say after that, Steve? Exactly. That is, that's absolutely um, beautiful. You have encapsulated the spirit <clears throat> and the energy and the intention uh, and the manifestation of this journey. And I, I know that our listeners are going to just be over the moon with with these insights and and the, the the hopefully they're going to be very inspired to look at where they are at and perhaps say yes to something that previously they didn't know how uh, and because at the end of the day we all have those gifts uh, we're born geniuses right and uh, uh, and if uh, why don't we just reach back in and remember and then look at how we can create the environment and start to get back on purpose. Because what I see you doing here is you're not only going for success. Okay. And we have a whole program we did on this going from success to fulfillment. And I've, I see you're doing something that's fulfilling and therefore you will automatically leave a legacy in the process. And so I see that big picture is just being beautifully and, and we would like more and more people to look at their journeys and look at what they've created and look at what they have been able to gain and see how they can leave that legacy. That's beautiful. Thank you for, for just wrapping that up too. You really allowed me to put the pieces together and make it a philosophy for mompreneurs and for parentpreneurs. You know, I say mompreneurs, because I can relate to mompreneurs. Yes. And, and I know how mompreneurs often don't spend enough time on themselves because they have so many things that they want to do and they want to give. But we, we do deserve to get our own attention. And that way, everyone benefits. We and all you're also we, teaching we all your children. You're teaching your, your children the same thing. As you said, they learn from watching you. You know, you're, yes. you're, you're leading by example. And so when they see you putting yourself number one and taking care of yourself, and it's not about being self-centered, it's about being centered in the self. And when they see you operating from that place, they in turn, you're giving them the permission to do the same thing. You're right. And so I think Men it's their, their best example. mentor. Their best mentor yes. is you. Yeah. And we're, Steve, we are extra lucky. You know why? Because, yeah. <laughs> because we've heard, it's like we've heard from the mom's perspective, right? And we're so super lucky because we're also going to get the opportunity to 
speak with Ben, the 15-year-old, and I say that, you know, because it still blows my mind. Um, the soul inside that body is, is uh, I, I can't even go there. But 50 we going can, on 50. <laughs> that, that's right. And, 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 and so we're going to get a perspective from him, how, you know, how he's experienced growing up in that environment, what has stuck for him. And I mean, I think he only has launched four podcasts, the first one when he was 12. So, I mean, he might have a few things to, uh, to share. So that is a living example to me of what, again, you've been saying. So if we want to look for alignment, I think our audiences, our listeners, our friends out there are going to be absolutely delighted now to be able to hear uh, one of the other players in this family business bring his perspective and uh, and we're looking forward to speaking with him soon. But uh, thank you so much for taking the time. I'm looking forward to learn more about Biviva. I love purple also. I have amethysts all over the house. Oh, my I favorite. Have geodes everywhere, oh, right? beautiful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. And uh, so, so uh, I will be looking forward uh, to learning more. And I encourage people to really check out what you've created because it's not only good for you, but you've put so much goodness in it with your energy that it's going to have another level of, of light in it that I think people will benefit from the, the, the healing. So um, I hope we can talk again. Yes, I would love to have had a great, great uh, time spending here with both of you. You both have so many wise words of wisdom, you know, and I, I love the way that you see the energy in people and really know how to bring it out of them. Well, thank you. I think we'll start our own mutual admiration club, but, uh, uh, you know, we better stop now before we start glowing too much. So again, <laughs> have a great rest of the day. We look forward to speaking with Ben. And uh, um, I always like to just say Om Shanti, which means let there be peace. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Thank bye you. Bye for now. Bye-bye. We trust you found practical value in this podcast and will enthusiastically share it with others in your circle. And if you are so moved, leave us a review or write a post on social tagging hashtag Chai Chat Podcast and we will show our appreciation. Promise. Tarun Puri and Steve Harvey welcome you to join us for a Chai Chat at all of our live events and more. Connect with us with your questions, topic suggestions, and reviews at info at chaichatpodcast.com.